The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you? Hello, everyone. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The dead of time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. Which I try to remember from week to week. Try being the operative word. Without further ado, here's our recap of last week's chapter of The Dead of Time. Well, hey... What did you say? It went. Uh, 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 uh. I said, "Well, hey." <laughs> uh, okay. Hi. So we are on episode three of season three, three point three. That yes. is correct. Okay. I have a feeling Hannah Beth is going to kill me because my new office has nothing hung up in it, which means everything is going to echo really, really badly. But actually, hold on, Hannah Beth, don't kill me. Yeah. All right. Now I can like stick my head in my box and also still see cat. And that sounded really dirty. (laughs) I got my head in a box, guys. All right. So, cat. Oh, fuck, I'm making so much goddamn noise. Ah! What happened was. What happened was there was a lot of snogging yeah. talk. Yeah. So, Maya and Remus were talking about snogging. I can't Mm-mm. remember if they actually did, but they talked about it. And then we met um, my favorite person ever, and I say that very sarcastically, Slughorn. And they were making potions, and because Maya knew stuff from before, she had to be like, Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Or I read that <laughs> somewhere. And then there was that funny part where Peter had the rat spleen, which I thought was hilarious because how ironic yeah, is that? Yeah, rat bastard. <laughs> yeah. And then... There was some stuff about, um, see, I was doing so good, and now I'm sucking because I didn't pre-remind myself. Thank you. I was hoping you would notice. Um, oh, love potion. Love potion. There we go. Okay, so to clarify some of this, um, Maya, so year three, year four? Fuck. 
No, it has to be year four because they don't get to go to um, Hogsmeade until year three. So fourth year turns around, uh, comes around. It is now September 2nd. Remus had the full moon on September 1st. And I guarantee if you actually look up September 1st, 1974, it is going to say that it was a full moon that night because that's just the way Shyalani is. I can almost guarantee it. Actually, Kat, while I'm doing this recap, why don't you Google? Um, find out what the moon phase was on September 1st of 1974. Um, while she's doing that. Uh, Maya spent the night in the, oh God, I can already hear it echoing. Maya spent the night in the hospital wing so that she could hang out with Remus. She didn't actually heal him. She let Madame Pomfrey do that, but she talked to him and he and she discussed the whole fact that she and Sirius kissed and then he walked away and said she deserved better, but she did not tell him that he deserved Remus or that Remus was in love with her. So she asked Remus on a date to Hogsmeade and he was like, wow, me? Okay, but this is all we can ever have. And he held up their uh, intertwined fingers and he was like, I can never hug you or kiss you or do anything with you. And she's like, shut the fuck up. You're dumb. And he's like, no, I can't because I'll turn you into a wolf. And she was like, no, you won't because you can only do that when you're a f- fully formed werewolf. And then Kat made a horribly inappropriate joke about how she should be a werewolf. But I reminded her that it only happens on a full moon with a fully transformed werewolf. And indeed, that was a full moon. Aha! Well done, Shia. So, then they go on to potions class where everybody is assigned a ingredient and they have to turn it into something. So Jamie gets something that's really dumb that it can only be used for fungal removal potions. Um, Sirius gets something that can only be used in beautification potions. And then Maya gets uh, lacewing flies, which are used in polyjuice potion. And she's like, oh my God, I could totally like tweak this because I used to tweak everything else, but I never tweaked potions, but I should totally tweak potions because Snape clearly tweaks potions and it's great. Snape got something super badass. Remus got Moonstone, which is where the love potion thing comes in because Moonstones are generally used in love potions. So Sirius makes fun of him or somebody makes fun of him and says that he's going to make a love potion. And then the big news is that Damocles Balby, Balby, who we all know that in the future will invent the uh, famous Wolfsbane potion that helps wolves transform without losing their mind, he gets assigned aconite which is wolfsbane so he and maya actually talk and she suggests that maybe it could be used as like a mind sharpening agent and he was like damn you right you right and she's like i know i know and so she's probably setting him i'm not gonna say that because i don't know the cats realize that but anyway she's helping out damocles belby 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 fuck me even though he's a slytherin and everybody's like oh my god he's a slytherin how could he do that and she was like because he's cool duh ain't no hate here but that was what we had. Oh, and then uh, James gave Re- Remus a really hard time because Remus went and talked to James to see that if he to see if he could take Maya to Hogsmeade. And then James was like, "He's gonna snog my sister. I have to give him a hard time because he's trying to snog my sister." And Maya's like, "We're not snogging." And he's like, "I don't care." And that was three point two. I feel like that was a lot longer than it needed to be, and I was talking really fast, so it really could have been like double the length. But yeah. And now I feel bad because I was doing so good, but... You were doing really well. I'm kind of sleepy today, so leave me alone. (laughs) Girl, I don't want to hear it. I was literally... I know. I remember just as you said it. Shush your face. No, it's fine. It's fine. Turns out um, shingles can flare up with the nerve pain when you get stressed out. And the doctor was like, what's stressing you out, sir? And my husband was like, I had to move with my wife, which, you know, same because I get migraines when I'm really stressed out. So I've had migraines. He got shingle pain. So we both 
caused each other agonizing pain that's actually really depressing but we're both better now so like yay also i've had like eight cups of tea today and i'm drinking the yorkshire tea from taylor's harrogate today which is a proper brew and it's fucking delicious <laughs> are they gonna sponsor us <laughs> I don't think so, mainly because they'll hear my Madame Pomfrey voice and obliterate me, but that is besides the point. Shall we start? Yes, and this chapter is called Satisfied. <laughs> wow, wow. Chapter 35, Satisfied. October 4th, 1974. Maya let James think he was safe. He was not. As his sense of self-preservation was so off, he continued causing problems in all of their classes during the month that followed the initial challenge between the siblings. Poor Remus got caught in the crossfire. In each class, James would have something to say about the potential future relationship between his sister and friend. Remus, ever the lo loyal Gryffindor, did his best to stay out of the fight itself and also to respect James's wishes that he not start anything with Maya without permission, something that thoroughly pissed her off. In charms, James would summon things from Maya's desk with a well-timed accio when her back was turned, claiming that Remus wanted a memento to get him through the rest of the day. What? I thought it was cute. James would, like, summon things off of her desk, and when she was like, where'd my pencil go? He'd be like, Remus needed it to get him through the day. Oh, I His didn't little, catch little that. heart. <laughs> In care of magical creatures, James would loudly ask Professor Kettleburn for details regarding the mating habits of werewolves. In Herbology, he would transform flexweed into roses and pretend to be a muggle delivery service on behalf of Remus, who would stand at the back of the room with dirt on his face, hiding his embarrassment while simultaneously trying to plant his puffapod. What's a puffapod? I would assume a magical plant. Oh, that kind of sounds like something Apple would make. Puffapod! <laughs> brought to you by Apple. What is a puffapod? Well, glad you asked. <laughs> You know what I kind of picture? Like, the you know those really big round um, lawn chairs? It's not like a lawn chair. You put it on the lanai. Back porch, for those of you who are not up with the tropical lingo. Um, it's like the really, really big round ones. You can fit like two people on them. They got the cushions. I kind of picture it like that, but with speakers inside. Oh, like the chair I got in my room? Pier yes. One. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I it's kind of like a moon chair. Yeah, I think they call it a, um, and I'm totally going to butcher this name, Papasan. Is that what they call it? Oh, yes. yes, you are correct. Yeah. Sorry, guys, I can't pronounce words. I say crowns. <laughs> crowns. Oh, I need the kind that you color with, and people are like, no, it's the what you wear in your head. I'm like, crowns. And like, that's not how you say it. And I'm like, I'm sorry. It does sound like I know water. Jesus. <laughs> the only four classes in which Remus and Maya got a break from James's antics were History of Magic, where James and Sirius snapped, Defense Against the Dark Arts, James was not stupid enough to mess with their new professor, R. Proudfoot, Transfiguration, James and Sirius took this class seriously due to the nature of their animagus training, and Ancient Runes, which Maya and Remus had without any other invading marauders. 
The two would sit beside one another in ancient runes, often in the middle of class with their heads buried in a book of translation texts. Remus would reach over and take Maya's hand and smile, lacing their fingers together. She would breathe in deep and let the feeling of calm that he exuded wash over her. Somehow, it made her feel that putting up with James was worth it. It was especially worth it the morning of the 4th of October. Why? Just don't drink the pumpkin juice and you'll be fine, Lily, Maya whispered. How did you even slip the potion into the whole batch? Lily asked as the two girls sat at the Gryffindor table, waiting for the rest of the student body to arrive for breakfast. I'm friendly with the house elves, Maya grinned, happy to know that in this timeline she was able to make peace with the small creatures, considering the elves at Hogwarts in the future were utterly terrified of her and her knitting habits. You're sure it's going to work? It's brilliant, but you're going to get in trouble for it too. Lily eyed the high table with raised brow. I'm not one to promote breaking the rules, but if you want Slughorn to give you credit for this, you'll have to accept responsibility for it. As long as I can still go to Hogsmeade when this is all over with, I'll take whatever punishment is meted out, Maya said, beaming excitedly. One by one, students filled the Great Hall, taking their seats at the tables. Slowly, in various stages of exhaustion, the four marauders joined Lily and Maya. Peter, James, and Sirius looked worse for wear, but since they were in pull full... Uh, bleh, bleh, were in a post-full moon week, Remus was looking better and better every day. Morning, boys, Maya smiled brightly as she went into her usual routine of gathering a plate for Remus while he simultaneously fixed her tea and porridge. What are you all so exhausted from? She had assumed that they were up late practicing their animagus transformations. She had been doing the same thing, though in the privacy of her dorm room, seeing as she was only in the early stages of meditations to figure out what her animagus form would be. Up late snogging, Sirius lied, smirking at her while Maya rolled her eyes. A month ago, she would have been annoyed by his typical behavior, but she was already long over it. Sirius had fallen swiftly into confirming all of the rumors about his bad reputation to be true. His reasoning was that he might as well do the things he was being accused of. Peter was in awe. James was amused. Remus was disgusted. And Maya was suddenly indifferent. She had known that Sirius had a past when she, Harry, and Ron had listened to an older Sirius and Remus talking about their shared history and the rebellious nature of youth. Maya knew that she would be confronted with it at some point, and this was the mom- was that moment in time. So, she ignored it and focused on her rules. Live your life, enjoy your life. And she was about to enjoy it. Immensely. Alright, what do you think is going to happen? Um, how should I, I'm sorry, I'm not good at, what's the big terminology, I'm not foreshadowing, I'm not good at this. Foreshadowing. Yeah, you don't have to be, I I know guessing's not your thing, but what did she tell Lily to do? Told her not to drink the pumpkin juice, right? Poop. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god, this isn't the help. <laughs> poop. Laxatives, <laughs> man. Why, why is poop the first Because I magical <laughs> laxatives. I don't know. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so 
we discussed that the ingredient that Maya got is for polyjuice potion, right? Right. So they're all going to turn into somebody else? There is one thing I forgot out of the review. What did Lily have that Maya knew about and everybody was confused? You, re- you referenced this when you said that Maya was like, oh, I read lots of books, totally. What did Lily have? An engagement ring. No. James thought it was an engagement ring, but it was actually one of our favorite things from the 90s that changes bases Oh, on... yeah, the mood ring, because I said it changes with heat. Ha ha. Yes. So, keep that in mind. Okay. She was about to enjoy it immensely. Eat up, Maya smiled across the table at Remus, offering a nod of gratitude as he passed her a jar of marmalade. She noticed his eye turned to a tall, empty glass and sitting in front of him. She normally filled it with pumpkin juice every morning, but today she made no move to do so. He reached for the pitcher in the middle of the table to fill the glass himself, but Maya silently covered the top of it with her palm, shaking her head slowly as she sipped her tea and gave him a knowing look. Remus's eyes widened as he realized that something bad was about to happen. He turned to the side and watched as James, Sirius, and Peter guzzled their morning juice as usual. Do I even want to be here for the fallout? Remus whispered. Lily laughed. Oh, yes. Suddenly, all across the Great Hall, each and every student partaking in their morning pumpkin juice experienced a bit of transfiguration, their hair shifting to various shades of vivid colors. That's... Oh. <laughs> oh, that's very, um, talks, but she doesn't exist yet. The Slytherins all gaped at one another and scowled at the shades of black and green that their hair had turned. The Ravenclaw table was almost entirely peopled with navy blue head hair, navy blue heads of hair, while the Hufflepuffs and Gryffindors were a flutter of, with mixtures of yellows, bright greens, and various shades of purple. Two of the three pumpkin-juice-drinking marauders were sporting a predictable shade of sky-blue hair. Lily looked perfectly scandalized at James's hair and mouthed, Oh my God, to Maya, before covering her mouth to hide her shock and laughter. James blinked and looked around the room. What's happening? What did you do? He demanded narrowing his eyes at his sister before grabbing a spoon and examining his reflection. Oh, I just slipped a potion in with everyone's morning juice, Maya smiled innocently. Clever kitten, Sirius chuckled, rolling his eyes as he ran his fingers through his sky-blue hair. Is this supposed to be a prank? Random shades of color? Could have done that with a simple color change charm. You wasted a potion on this? This is barely unacceptable in my book. Maya sat tall, looking down at her nails as though she were inspecting a fresh manicure. Oh, I did use a color change charm. I used individual ones on each lacewing fly that went into my modified polyjuice potion. So you slipped us polyjuice? James blinked, confused as he blew strands of hair uh, blew strands of hair out of his face. It looked much more out of control than his black hair ever did, which was saying something. He patted his palms down his chest and then expected his fingers. 
I don't get it. Why did only our hair change? And shouldn't we all look alike? That's if you use the hair of any normal witch or wizard. But if you use the hair of a metamorph magus, hot, hot damn, good call cat, you mentioned the Tonks thing. It is totally a Tonks thing. She literally used metamorph magus hair. Bonus points to cat, 10 points to Hufflepuff. I have no idea what any of that means, but cool. Tonks is a metamorph magus. That's why she can change the color of her hair. Oh. That's what it's called. Okay. Maya was grateful for her past friendship with Nymphadora Tonks Lupin, who had once confessed that metamorph magi were immune to Polyjuice Potion, as they could change the shape of their face and color of their hair at will. She was even more grateful to find that Professor Slughorn's collection of strange and rare ingredients, which included hairs from goblins, werewolves, and one metamorph magus, rivaled that of Professor Snape. She was just as easily able to pilfer from one as she was from the other. Did you know that most metamorph magi hair changes color to depict their moods? She looked across the table at Remus, who was grinning at her, clearly impressed. I got the idea from Lily's mood ring. Fine, fine. You're very bright. Cleverest witch ever, James conceded while rolling his eyes. Now, what do the colors mean? Well, Lily chimed in, amused. The Slytherins are predictable, black and dark green, showing anger and envy. They're presumably upset at what Maya's done to them and jealous that they didn't do it themselves. Ravenclaws are all dark blue, meaning that they're amused, and Hufflepuffs and most of the Gryffindors seem to be stuck between anxious, annoyed, and happy. (laughs) Did you read ahead? No, I like that it's anxious, annoyed, and happy because that's exactly what I am. (laughs) <laughs> it's like that's like my three moods all of the time <laughs> that's why i'm a hufflepuff jesus christ and us sirius pointed to his head of light blue hair oh that particular shade of blue is my favorite maya beamed it means satisfied Don't look at me like that. I don't know what this means. What makes men feel satisfied? Oh. Okay. Stop! Which means they... Uh, Suck les bleus. (laughs) No, no, no. Sky blue. Not sacre blue. Sky blue. Yes, sky blue. (laughs) Lily blushed bright red stifling a snort by burying her face in her hands satisfied James blinked nervously swallowing as he looked at Lily yes tell me big brother Maya leant across the table lacing her fingers together and leaning her chin on them as she stared at James a wicked gleam in her eye in the half hour that you've been awake What on earth could you have done to make yourself so amazingly satisfied? (laughs) Very snortworthy. I'm glad you did that. (laughs) That 
reminds me of something I was watching today. They were interviewing somebody, and she's like, yeah, my son will text me and be like, Mom, don't come in my room for 30 minutes. And I'm just like, Jesus. I will murder my child if they do that. Don't tell me. I don't want to know. You hide those socks. You throw them in the trash. <laughs> Have you ever watched Joe Coy's first comedy special? Because he talks about his Filipino mom finding his socks, and it's the most hilarious thing you will ever hear. Like, you have to. Oh my god. Because he does her, her voice, and she goes, Joseph, why you do this to your socks? I ain't gonna buy you any more <laughs> socks if you keep doing it. She's like, he's like, what do you mean? And she's like, Joseph. <laughs> seriously the funniest thing I've ever watched. Sweet <laughs> And now that he has a son, his son does the same thing. And he's like, you can break these in half. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, I'm so glad anyway, I'm not wearing a hoodie. It's hot. Oh, time. Claire is blushing. See, I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> Remus's eyes widened, and he turned and covered his mouth, hiding his laughter with a loud cough. The rest of the Gryffindor table was not nearly as subtle with their guffawing and giggles. James's face immediately turned bright red, and his eyes lingered on Lily before averting his attention elsewhere. Sirius caught on quickly, but rarely ashamed of anything. He shrugged his shoulders and looked at James. Well, I don't know what you're so satisfied about, but I woke up and had a wank in the shower. <laughs> He's like, yeah, and <laughs> like he has no shame in his game. None, not even a little bit. The table broke out into a roar of laughter and James slowly covered his face with his hands and waited patiently for the laughter to die down. In that time, his hair shifted from bright blue to a r bright red to match his face before turning a slightly darker shade of teal, indicating acceptance. He eventually smiled over at his sister, shaking his head. Well, she asked. James stood, bowing dramatically before her. You win. And Remus? Her eyes narrowed as James's hair shifted to a brighter green, indicating anxiety, while James's turned dark green. Dark green is... Envy. I was gonna say that... Or, as they say, the green monster of jealousy. Yup. Maya ignored both shifting shades. James laughed and reached across the table, extending a hand to his werewolf friend. Remus, I hope you know what you're getting yourself into, mate. Remus blinked at the gesture and then smiled, taking his hand. Before letting go, James gave a good tug and leant forward, whispering, you do realize that if you hurt or do anything unsavory with my sister, I'll be known as the famous James Potter Wolf Slayer, right? Got it, Remus nodded firmly, grinning. Now, just to test a theory, James said, reaching for the pumpkin juice and filling Remus and Maya's empty glasses. Go on, you want my approval? Drink up, Mooney. 
Remus cleared his throat and held up his glass to Maya, who merely flushed before toasting. To us, I suppose. And the two drank their juice. It took less than five seconds for both of their heads to turn a brilliant shade of soft pink. Maya immediately looked down, her cheeks flushed at the sight of Remus's hair, already knowing that hers would match it. Remus looked confused as he reached for a spoon to look at his reflection. What's pink then? James asked, looking at Lily. Beaming excitedly at her two friends, Lily answered, Infatuated. Gotta blame it on the juice, yeah, 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 (laughs) Okay, so this was in October. We are now doing a big old jump to March. Because fuck Christmas this year. (laughs) I I think everybody is saying that about this whole entire year. Let's just have it be over. I'm just waiting for like 11.59 on December 31st, 2020. The sky is just going to light up and it's just going to say, tutorial complete. (laughs) 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 And, And to be fair, I think starting in 2016, we were like, God, this year needs to end. I can't wait for it to be next year. And every single year, the universe has been like, ah, bitch, look what I can do now. I don't want 2021. 2020 sucks, but um, if it sucks this bad, how bad is 2021 going to be? Well, or at the end, because I feel like being funny, it could be like, uh, whatever the virus detection says when it kills the virus in your computer. <laughs> yeah, McAfee just pops up. Virus eradicated. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's actually funny that you say that because Brianna and I were talking about that the other day. She's like, I think you're the only person who's having a good 2020. And I'm like, yeah, I probably am. <laughs> like, that's what, that's what cracks me up is I'm like, I'm having, like, personally... I'm having a great year. I bought a house. I bought a house. <laughs> My husband's never deploying again. Like, not having a bad year. Everyone else, on the other hand, I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <coughs> it's, it's the podcast. We started a podcast and now we have good luck. We have to do this podcast forever. Well, what are we going to do when we're done with Dead of Time? Uh, Shyalani's written a lot of books. Oh. But then we have to rename it. No, we can stick with it. Oh, okay. Stick to our roots. Shall we continue? Anyway, dead of time. Anyway, Remember, dead of time. Hannah Beth likes transition words. She's like those English yes, teachers. Yes. Transition words. Well, no, the beauty of, anyway, Dead of Time is Hannah Beth can literally just cut out, like, 90 minutes of bullshit, and we can just act like we stopped ourselves, and we're like, anyway, Dead of Time. Guys, anybody who's listening who grew up going to school differently than Claire and I did, you all know what the peanut butter and jelly paper is, right? Like, where you have to be descriptive, because Brianna don't know what that is. I had to explain that to her the other day, because I made a reference, and she's like, what's the peanut butter and jelly paper? And I'm like, are you kidding me? So I just want to know. Cat. Does nobody else know either? (laughs) What's the peanut butter and jelly paper? Oh my god. You you know. (laughs) Shut up. You know. 
I don't. You, you don't remember the peanut butter and jelly paper we used to write when we were kids where they would be like, you have to write the peanut butter and jelly paper where you had to be descriptive and detailed about how you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like you couldn't just say, I take the peanut butter out of the cabinet and then I put the knife in. You have to be like, is it Jif? Is it Peter Pan? And then you have to say, like, you take the knife, you spread it on what kind of bread? Is it white, wheat, rye? I've seen a video about this where the dad just follows their instructions and like completely fucks everything up and the kids are like, but dad. So it looks hilarious. But uh, you went to Catholic school, friend. I did not. Yeah, but. I went to public school. I went to HOB after that, which was a public school. I was homeschooled. Okay. So I guess people who are homeschooled don't know what that is. Okay. That's fine. Nope. I guess I'm the only one. No, I, I was busy taking Latin and grammar, but. And while we're on a ramble break, we may as well introduce our first ever paid sponsor. We would like to introduce all of you. I say introduce. I don't need to introduce you because we've talked about it the last two episodes. But Starcross Sundries. Y'all need to check it out if you like the dead of time because this is a candle company that has is founded on scents specific to the dead of time. We have Maya that just smells summery and bright and kind of fruity and delicious. We've got Lily, which, Kat, what do you think of Lily? I think she smells delicious. Preach it. We also have things like the motorbike, which is nice and leathery. We've got Remus. We've got Lupin. We've got Charles. We've got Dory. We've got uh, strawberry ice cream, which seems to be a group favorite apparently it's super creamy super fruity and i am about to order it myself and starcross sundries has been super awesome to us they are fans they are a small business just getting off the ground and you guys have helped them get there so to continue helping them get off the ground we want you to use the code fwhpod and that's going to get you 20 percent off your uh first order with them so check them out they are wonderful and we love them do we love them cat Yes, we do. I actually light one of mine every day, especially since it's been rainy here, so it gives me light. And and one thing they do that I really, really like, they have um, the option for like a standard wick or a wood wick. And I know a lot of people have asked what wood wicks are, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a little piece of wood instead of a little piece of string. And it like crackles and pops, and it kind of sounds like a campfire, and I like it. It's really cute. They also have non dead of time uh, focused scents. They have uh, one that I really like. It's called Read the Leaves. They've got a couple called like Astral Projection. They are going to be doing a summer line. We're going to have like margarita flavors, flavors, scents, and those kinds of things. And they're super, super awesome. Like I said, they're a small business. They are LGBTQIA founded and owned which we always want to support during Pride Month and every month. So go ahead over to starcrosscentries.com. And again, that code that you're going to enter at checkout is FWHPOD. Whoop, whoop. Anyway, dead of time. March 26, 1975. Ow, fuck! You're all still concentrating too much on the transfiguration portion and not enough on the meditative state, Remus instructed his three friends, as they sat in a clearing out by the forbidden forest where the three almost anime guy practiced their training. 
Remus sat on the ground, leaning up against a large tree, his eyes tired and his muscles sore as the full moon was the following evening. Thinking about his own transformation only made him less sympathetic to the mild annoyances that his friends were currently going through. As it was, James had grown half an antler that he had twice gotten caught in the branches of a low-hanging tree. Sirius was stuck with four big black paws, but nothing else, and Peter had been able to grow a tail and elongated teeth, but was unable to return to normal. Their ridiculous appearances should have kept Remus in high spirits all night, but he was more stressed than ever. What wrong, Remus? Peter slurred through his gigantic teeth. I still haven't gotten Maya anything for her birthday. Remus confessed. Unable to even glance at Peter without laughing, he decided to turn to the friend who looked the least ridiculous, which was James. What should I do, prongs? Remus and Maya had officially been an item since the morning of what was now known as the Great Rainbow Explosion of 1974. Maya had ultimately taken credit for the prank, which earned her a week's worth of detention for drugging her fellow students, but also an extra 50 points from Flitwick and Slughorn each for her impressive work in altering a potion with a charm. A few weeks later, she and Remus walked hand in hand down to Hogsmeade, where he treated her to a butterbeer at the three room sticks, and she lavished him with gifts of chocolate from Honeydukes, before moving on to tomes and scrolls where they spent hours eagerly digging through old books. After finishing their shopping, they walked back up to the castle, stopping to embarrass Sirius, who was snogging a third-year Hufflepuff in view of the haunted shrieking shack, and then retiring to the Gryffindor common room, where they snuggled together on the sofa in front of the fireplace to read their new books. It was a comfortable relationship, built on friendship and common interests, and most nights were similar to that first date. Maya leaning her back against Remus's chest while he draped his arm around her shoulders, nuzzling his nose into the crook of her neck while reading the book in his hand as she kicked her feet up at the end of the sofa, quietly browsing through her own novel. James and Sirius eventually tired of teasing the couple, though Mary, Lily, and Alice were constantly asking Maya for details about the more amorous aspects of her relationship with the quiet marauder. No details were ever given because... As per Remus's original rules regarding their relationship, no details were ever created. While he remained adamant that they not cross any lines where she could possibly be infected with his lycanthropy, he was thrilled that she had not slipped him any more of what she now called mood juice, mood juice, because every morning he would have walked to the great hall spouting bright blue hair. <laughs> really? Every morning? Jesus. He's a 14-year-old boy. Fifteen-year-old boy. Having a girlfriend was leaving him in quite a frustrated state. If pain was not an issue, were not an issue, Remus might have looked forward to the full moon, as the transformation always burned off excess <gasps> energy. Sorry, I just got a thought. <laughs> okay. Well, they they have wands, right? So they can do magic. So you know that one scene in. I think it's the, what is it, the first or second movie when the guy is sitting there at the table and he's, like, doing this with his finger over the spoon and the spoon is, like, stirring itself. So, in his situation when he's in the shower, does he have to, like, you know, or is it, like, tradition? Like, I just, sorry. My mind. (laughs) Because, like, I'm just worried about his wrist, like, carpal tunnel, so it's like, what kind of spell is that? 
Ah, yes. Discussing the finer points of wizarding masturbation techniques. Sorry. That's what I wanted to do tonight. <laughs> My mind just goes there. Like, sorry, I just wondered. I would assume that they take care of business the same way everybody else does. Well, I, I guess they got the, uh, what's that bone stuff that Harry has to drink after his arms get all noodly? So, <laughs> yeah, so I guess if you get carpal tunnel, you can just regrow new bones or something. <laughs> I'm pretty sure 15-year-old boys don't get carpal tunnel from over-masturbation. Otherwise, every man in America would have had it by the time they were 18. Correction. We'll take the aces out of there. But everyone else. <sighs> okay. Anyways. D-O-T. D-O-T. Where did that I come from? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. I just kind of parroted it. And then I was like, we've never done that before. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I just... I just <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with me? Ah! Hump day? Wait, 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 wait. Anyway. what day is it? Hump day? <laughs> anyway, dead of time. Second famous camel. His friends naturally made things much worse. It was completely impossible to talk to James, considering Maya was his sister, and she had been insistent that Remus keep Peter's nose out of their business. That only left Sirius, who had, over the last six months, grown ten times worse in regards to the rumors that were going around the school about, about him. Sirius had almost come to his senses early January, when he had shown up in the dorms looking unbelievably guilty. "'What did you do?' Remus asked immediately. "'And why can I smell fire whiskey all the way over here?' "'I fucked up,' Sirius said, swallowing hard. "'I fucked up bad.' Padfoot, what did you do? Remus's eyes flashed with worry as he stood to help his drunken friend to his bed. I had sex with McKinnon, Sirius confessed. McKinnon being the first girl he ever went to Hogsmeade with when he broke Maya's heart. Yeah, the one that nobody likes. Yes, the one that nobody likes. Is that not normal? Remus raised a brow, having believed most of the whispers exchanged in the Great Hall in regards to Sirius's nightly activities. While he was quite certain his friend was not the father of McGonagall's secret love child, all other rumors were never denied by Sirius himself. Wait, what? It's a joke. There was a rumor that somehow Sirius fathered a secret love child. Oh, I was going to say, what? <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, <laughs> Harry, Harry, Harry. <laughs> Well played, well played. No, it's not bloody normal, Sirius shouted. It was the... It was the first time. Fuck. She's gonna be so pissed. Marlene? Why? Were you that bad? Remus snorted. Sirius looked up and glared at him. No, I was fucking fabulous, thank you, Mooney. But I... I kinda ditched her right after. He winced, covering his face with... Uh, which was painted with shame. Sirius shook his head. You're disgusting. I know. It's not even her I'm worried about. You can't tell Maya, Sirius begged. She'll hate me. 
Why would my girlfriend care who you shag? Remus asked, narrowing his eyes as a crack of jealousy became visible in his expression. Sirius fell back on his mattress, groaning over his mistakes. Because she thinks Marlene's a slag, and I don't... Fuck, Mooney, I know she's your girl, but I don't want her to look at me like everyone else does, okay? Remus had been jealous and annoyed, but a large part of him understood. He was territorial and possessive when it came to Maya, and he still did not understand how Sirius could have run away from her when she had clearly been so willing to open her heart to him. But he knew how it felt to look at the girl, think that the sun rose and set on her every day, and that he would never measure up. Remus was constantly fighting the wolf within himself. A subtle voice in the back of his head that crept up every now and then demanded that he take her, kiss her, pin her up against a wall and ravish every part of her. It was the same wolf that would peek out from time to time and snap at her bitterly when she would say or do something that he didn't like too close to the moon. He was in constant worry that he was on the verge of dramatically screwing things up with her. So, he understood Sirius' con- what con- So he understood what Sirius's concerns were and promised his friend that he would keep his secret. The secret of Sirius's virginity, or sudden lack thereof, did not last long despite Remus's efforts. Once the final line had been crossed, Sirius threw caution to the wind as he buried his personal issues, and himself, inside any girl that would have him. When Maya had found out, she had scolded him profusely about being disrespectful of himself and others. Sirius had then tried to crawl into her lap to have her pet his head, something that was incredibly funny now that the marauders knew what form Sirius would take as an animagus, but Maya had shoved him off of her, much to Remus's amusement. They were all growing, uh, they were all quickly growing up, and Sirius was trailing behind. What? Sir- Remus blinked, brought back to the Forbidden Forest and his three friends. James cleared his throat. I said, you would know better what to buy Maya than I would. You still haven't gotten her a gift? You're the worst boyfriend ever, Sirius laughed, as he began using his massive paws to dig in the ground, a sight that actually caused Remus to laugh out loud. I meant to, but the last Hogsmeade trip was canceled because of how the magic neep was attacked. It had not been widely publicized, but the morning after the attack on the greengrocer's shop, Dumbledore had not been at breakfast. Rumors circulated around the school that the Muggleborn who owned the shop had been assaulted by wizards in dark clothes and masks. I've wanted this birthday to be a good one. You're all going to have your typical party in the common room. Meanwhile, I'll be stuck in the bloody shack, Remus muttered bitterly, a growl escaping his throat. Bad luck that the full moon falls on our birthday. James frowned. She'll understand. I know. That's what makes it worse, Remus sighed. I'll wake up next, uh, the next morning after not being around for her birthday, and instead of me doing something nice for her, she's going to be in the hospital wing holding my hand while Madame Pomfrey shoves potions down my throat. Well, I know it goes against your instincts, James offered, but maybe let her just take care of you. Remus snarled at the suggestion, and his eyes flashed gold. Easy, Mooney, Sirius said, holding his transfigured paws up in supplication. Prongs is right. Girl's a caretaker, and you haven't let her do a single thing for you since first year. He shrugged his shoulders, shaking the dirt out of his paws and watching as they transformed back into hands easily. Girls are all about the intimate stuff. James narrowed his eyes. Watch it. 
Not that. Come on, prongs. Look at Mooney and tell me he's having sex. Sirius chuckled at the thought. Obviously not. He looks like... Like... Like you. James threw a rock at him, and Sirius quickly dodged, and then proceeded to bury. I mean, girls like their little moments where you let them in your head, show them the softer side and all that crap. Remus scoffed. And you know from experience... As a matter of fact, I do. I know this because every girl I've ever snogged or shagged has complained about the fact that I don't do any of that mopey, vulnerable bullshit. So, do that, and you'll get along famously. James eyed Remus carefully. Not too famously. So that means Emma Thompson was wrong. People will shag you if you cry all the time. (laughs) That is Emma Thompson. I was like, that's not Emma Thompson, that's Emma Watson. Nope, nope, got those backwards. That's a Love Actually reference for those of you who have never seen it. Yeah, good movie. Mm. Go watch it. I'm out of tea. March 28th, 1975. Remus winced as he woke up in the hospital wing the morning after the full moon. It had been a particularly bad one. With no rest leading up to the transformation and the stress of worrying about Maya's birthday, Remus had shifted and then immediately taken his frustrations out on himself. It also did not help that Maya had come to say goodbye to him as he walked to the Whomping Willow, and she hugged him so close and tight that he could still feel the warmth of her body by the time the moon was high. Frustrated, did not even begin to cover it. Sensing her nearby without opening his eyes, he asked, "'How is your birthday?' It was sad without you there. He opened his eyes to see her frowning at the deep cut on his right shoulder. She eyed it carefully, her nose twitching and her hands fidgeting. Madam Pomfrey? Remus called. Yes, dearie. No offense, but could you let Maya heal me this once? It's been a few years, and I remembered I liked the way she did it. He frowned hoping to not upset the Meadowitch responsible for his monthly recovery. Madam Pomfrey smiled at the pair. Of course, as long as you feel comfortable with that, Mr. Pot- Miss Potter. Yes, Maya said immediately. Are you sure? He nodded, offering her a beseeching look, that, even as he forced down the primal urge within him that said, No, we're the protector. Don't let her see us weak. I'd rather you do it this once. Please, Maya... She smiled at his request and reached quickly for her wand. Roll to the side. He could feel it as she siphoned the dried blood off with her wand. The pain didn't hurt as much as usual. Madame Pomfrey was efficient, but lacked a gentle touch due to time restraints. That, and there was just something about Maya's magic that spoke to him, that spoke to his wolf. He rolled back over when his wound was closed, and he smiled with satisfaction at the pleased look on her face. She eyed him with a smirk. Was that my birthday gift? Remus shrugged. James's idea. Smart boy, that James Potter. She smiled, taking advantage of the moment by running her fingers through Remus's hair and grinning smugly when he let out a relaxed moan. You could just get over yourself and let me do this more often. It makes me happy to help you. It makes me uncomfortable. Remus admitted, forcing himself to get the words out in order to be honest with her, no matter how emasculating it felt. But if it makes you happy, he relented with a sigh, I could learn to deal with a little pampering from time to time. 
He knew she wanted more, and Merlin, so did he, but he could not cross that boundary. Here, however, post-transformation, he had little energy to fight her off, and he knew she would never take advantage of him in a weakened state, knowing how important it was to him that she always be kept safe. She smiled and leaned over, placing a gentle kiss on his cheek. You make me happy. Aww. Some cute-ass shit. Yes. So, what you think? I think I should be getting excited, because I'm going to be getting to some good stuff. You should be getting excited. And maybe I will have another and light bulb go off. You will have another light bulb. Honestly, I'm just excited that you real you. It finally clicked for you last chapter that Maya and Hermione are very, very different in how they approach things. Yeah, well, I'm sometimes late to the party, but the important thing is, is that I get there. Preach it, sister. Alrighty, it is time to thank our Patreons. I would like to thank our newest stag, Amanda. We also have two new wolfies, if I can get them to pop up. We have Elizabeth and Jacqueline. And Jill Hooberry went from being a doggy to being a stag. Hooberry. So thank who Barry? Who Barry? Sorry, I'm sorry, Jill. That was probably really mean, but your name is just really fun. Yeah, it's like Claire Luciano. I like to say your name, Luciano. Fernando. That's a fun name to say, Fernando. Was that Francisco? No, Francisco. That's that's what it is. It's Francisco. But it is time to thank our foxes. We've got Jackie, Rachel, A... That's a new name. Oh, okay. I figured it out. Jackie, Rachel, Aguila, Rebecca, Carissa, Sandra, Chelsea, Ryland, Ryder, Ashley, Olivia, Ashley, Claire, Jillian, Ashley, Hannah, Roshan, Claire, Shannon, Elise, Patty, Paige, Martina, Amanda, Therese, Sarah, Miranda, Samantha, Caitlin, Miriam, Kieran, and Danielle. Woo! Woo! That's a long list. Yes, it is. It's a long and list. getting longer. Guys. And that's what he yeah. said. <laughs> but uh, we also got even more badass mail from people. We got baby Yoda leggings, and they are everything I needed and more. They're fantastic, and thank you so much to Carissa Horton for sending those out to us. You're a great fan, and we love you. Yeah, and that waistband, man. It's so... I was looking at them. I was like, snap. These are going to be small. They look small. I put them on. Dear God, it's like Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. They fit me like a glove. Yeah, right, and they're so soft. They're so soft, and they come up high, and they're great. Uh, I believe Kat has posted where you can buy them on the group. We'll post that again on Friday. What is that on your floor? Oh, are you talking about my cauldron? Yeah, I was about to say, is that a cauldron? <laughs> it is a cauldron. It is a copper cauldron. Oh my god. My grandmother had it, and my mom used to use it. That's what we would put uh, Halloween candy in, 
and somehow my sister ended up with it and then she was offloading it so I got it and I literally just keep it for Halloween because that's what I put the Halloween candy in but I also have my own office now so I just kind of have it sitting out because like sure why not (laughs) and you did join that witch group so it's very appropriate yeah good times good times and it comes with like a little stand so technically I could probably build a fire underneath it and like legit make things in it but I'm kind of scared to screw it up so I don't want to oh Jesus double bubble toil and trouble all up in this bitch Uh, next thing I know I'm going to be on Facebook woman in Tennessee has cauldron on front lawn and is stirring (laughs) wait what Claire don't be ridiculous. My HOA would never allow that. I'd have to do it in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jimmy would actually kill me. But anyway, well, this was fun. And uh, I'm looking forward to, oh my gosh. I, Shia mentioned uh, the other day on the Facebook group that she's super excited about you to drink, uh, drink, Jesus Christ, to read the coming chapters and I'm starting to remember what's coming and I can't freaking wait because when we first started reading this I was like reading a couple chapters ahead so I constantly knew it was going to come and I haven't done that in a while because I've been busy reading Outlet and a couple other stories by Shia actually just refinished Tying the Knot which if you are a Theodore Knot fan highly recommend it's fantastic it's technically a work in progress because she never finished it but the place where it stops is like really satisfying so it's not like one of those where you get through the entire story and then you're like, no, it, it has a satisfying finish. I would love for her to continue it. Hint, hint, wink, wink, hint, hint, wink, wink. But I am satisfied where it ended and it makes me happy. So tying the knot, also outlet, which Shia is writing in conjunction with another author and it is fantabulous. But also somebody decided to comment and hate on it because she, uh, her Hermione in that story is canonically in the story black. And somebody's like, I don't understand why you had to do that. And it's like, shut up, bitch. Not your story. We literally, re- there's fucking stories where Harry is uh, Harriet. Like, come the fuck on. Who cares? But so, Kat, we will see you next Fire Whiskey Friday. Wow. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday. Mm-hmm.